This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Welcome once again to Chill Filter, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to. But you probably should. Today, I am very, 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 very excited for this episode. I have in front of me a very special bottle called George T. Stag, in which I have owned this bottle for over, probably over a year and a quarter or so, uh, and have not drank it because I kept telling myself, I'm going to drink this on the podcast. Um, and it's finally happening today. We'll get into some of the history about it and all that stuff. But before we get into anything, uh, I just wanted to say you can check us out on patreon.com slash chill filtered in order to support us. We are prepping uh, and thinking about ways we can give back to our Patreon uh, subscribers in terms of like uh, swag and um, getting like like stickers or, or um, etched glasses and stuff to really take care of those who take care of us. Uh, so check us out, yeah, patreon.com slash chillfiltered. That's the business for today. Let's get right to the podcast. Robbie, how's it going? Oh, man. I thought you would never ask. Cole, but, uh, <laughs> things are good. You know what tomorrow is because we're recording on a Thursday. What's tomorrow, Cole? Tomorrow's a Friday. Tomorrow's a Friday, but what more specific? Oh, no, it's, it's Valentine's not. Day. It is Valentine's Day. So as a parent of little girls, it Aww. is a stressful night for us. So. <laughs> We're yeah, you know. So I usually record a little bit, little earlier than we are right now. But like, mm-hmm. we're just racing to get like, um, Amara's Valentine's box put together, and the, the uh, twins need to get forty each of their little Valentines for daycare. All oh wow, and yeah. So it's been a little bit busy here for the last. 30 minutes or so, but, uh, you know, so we, Cole was like, are you ready? I'm ready whenever you are. I'm like, it's going to be a second. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel bad because my wife right now is like kind of finishing everything up. Like she's got the bulk of it right now. Uh, but, uh, no, so I, I guess I'll just take kind of joy in the fact that I'm going to be drinking some amazing whiskey and, uh, hanging out, talking to a friend while my wife's finishing that up. So that's good. <laughs> but, uh, no, things are good this week. Uh, my, uh, sister-in-law and my nephew are in, t- nephews are in town. They're uh, buying a house out here in Boise. So it's been fun uh, seeing them. Janae? Yeah. Danae. 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 Totally. Yeah. She's moving out to Boise. Yeah. They got, uh, in about five years. So they're buying a house now cause the market's kind of right. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah, and then my uh, mother-in-law is moving into that house, um, and then in five years they'll move out here from Seattle area. So wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be amazing because they uh, they have purchased like the most amazing backyard ever. It's got this huge nice. pool with like a f- great fireplace and outdoor kitchen and diving board and all that, and like, and they're paying the bills, and I just get to go and. She loves whiskey. So my, my sister-in-law, Danae, is like my drinking buddy. Yeah. Um, so she loves drinking a good whiskey. She's big into Irishes. So we drink a lot of Irishes when she's in town, but she mm-hmm. appreciates everything. So uh, this summer, man, uh, be sipping, sipping some whiskeys, hanging out by the pool. It'll be, life will be good. So, but yeah, so they're in town, so we're hanging out with them. And yeah, nothing too much. Weather's starting to turn a little bit more. It's been warm. So life is good right now. It's been a, good, it's been a pretty good week. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How about you, Cole? How's, how's your week been? It's been really good. Um, 
the first thought that came to my mind well actually I'll, I'll start with the second thought that came to my mind and then i'll go to the first thought so the second thought that came to my mind is <laughs> it's been a really good week of doing practice exams for the exam i got coming up in a month oh that's encouraging um, that's awesome. yeah yeah it's like ugh, it's like scary sometimes when you don't feel mm-hmm. like you're up to you know doing well in these practice exams yeah. and then um but it's been good i had a few passing scores this week um and with a month to go, I am very confident that I will do well, um, especially if I put my head down and just just crank out some more practice exams. Yeah. Um, one of the other fun things this week. Um, oh, yeah. Um, did, I don't think we. Yeah. Last week, as since the last time we recorded, um, Adam hit both of us up. Mm-hmm. And um, and he said, "Are you guys? You know, you guys coming to or like basically like I I guess I'll see you guys at the uh, at the Madison Story Slam yeah, fifth anniversary." Very, t- very tongue in cheek, like mm-hmm. I don't expect it, but hey, yeah. And so and then he and then I'm like, you know what? Let me just let me just look at flights real quick because I could afford a day or so off of work. Uh, so I look at the flights and it's eighty seven dollars round trip to Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's only about an hour and a half away from Madison. So I'm like, yeah. And I hit up Heather. I'm like, can we buy tickets to Madison this weekend or next weekend? And, um, and she's like, for that price? And I'm like, I'll pay for it. And uh, so we did it. And we are leaving for Madison tomorrow night uh, as it is t- like Friday night. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I get to do a story at Story Slam and I just get to see a lot of good friends. Nice. So... I'm excited about that. And then um, another thing that happened this week is my good buddy, James Cuddy. Uh, he's from Brooklyn. And uh, I met him. He was probably my favorite regular at the bar I worked at oh, in nice. uh, Richmond, Virginia. And That's a long just, commute from Brooklyn to Richmond. Yeah. Well, he used to live in. in well, he, well, he moved to <laughs> Richmond from Brooklyn right before we met. Okay. Um, and then when I left, he also went back to Brooklyn. Uh, really cool guy, just super New York accent guy. He's always like mm-hmm. one of the nicest guys ever. Like when people say like New Yorkers are not nice, I'm like, you haven't met James Cuddy. So James, if you're listening, which I know you are, thank you for offering us a, uh, a, a sip of your whiskey this week. So James sent um, kind of the last few sips of his bottle, um, which is, a, I believe, Kings County. Uh, or something along, or yeah, I think it's King County Distillery. Um, but I'll confirm that soon. Um, but yeah, so grateful for, and it's, I've heard really nice. good things about it and it's apparently from Brooklyn. Um, so okay. I'm stoked. Thanks James. Uh, we look forward to reviewing that on yeah. the podcast very soon. Um, but yeah, it's been a good week. I, yeah, work's been busy. Uh, kind of just chugging along in that way, like not really taking too much of a break, but it's good. And then I am just so stoked to drink this bourbon today. I've just been waiting yes. so long. <laughs> you have been. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's great. Yeah. Well, it was fun, you know, going mm-hmm. back to, uh, you know, Adam texting us, like, hey, you guys had come to town for uh, Story Slam. Um, I saw, I think I saw his text and I was at work. And so it was one of the things where you, you know, like, I'll check the watch. I'm like, I see the text come through. And then uh, I finished teaching my lesson. It was passing period. So it had to be less. It was probably about a half an hour later. I look back at my phone and Cole's already got like all these plans in place. And I was like, oh, wow, that that really escalated quickly. And uh, <laughs> I looked for uh, tickets and 
it was like it would have been like 400 500 for me oh, dang. so yeah but i do have like back in my mind like this is fun i love doing the podcast for me to me it's like it's a fun hobby um but I really look forward to someday, like, you know, maybe it it's, gets a little legs under it. You know, the mortar box media thing's got some legs under it. And, like, mm-hmm. there's a big mortar box media family reunion kind of a thing. And I would love to go to Madison. Like, I think uh, Madison, to me, just seems like an awesome place to go. So Madison's uh, a lot like I'm, Boise. Well, it's cool. I mean, yeah, but it's got, I don't know. To me, it's got more lore to it because I'm like, that's where, like, Butch Vig has his studio and, like, um, Nirvana's recorded there. That's where the pumpkin yeah. recorded Siamese Dream. And I didn't um, know that. I'm pretty sure it's, that's where they recorded. Siamese Actually, Dream. I do think that's true because that was yeah. I think it was a Butch Vig studio. Yeah. So yeah, and then like on top of it, just um, I love I'm I love college football. And before nice. Nebraska went to the Big Ten, um, you know, with uh, Barry Alvarez was coaching at wisconsin then ad there and he's from nebraska and they kind of pattern their their stuff after nebraska so like uh-huh. even though like now wisconsin just has our number and they always beat us i still respect the the program and it seems like it's like an amazing place just to kind of a good college town a good vibe so i someday i hope to get to madison so yeah i think you like it a lot i think so i'm a little very envious that you guys are uh, gonna be up there this weekend but in my in my mind i'm like you know what Someday this will have enough legs where we do a little, you know, more box media family yeah. get together. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Madison and Boise are both towns that I say it is small enough to feel like you're a part of it, but it is big enough to have a ton of things to do. Uh, and I think yeah. both cities okay. very much fit that. There's a lot okay. of community in both those towns. So, yeah. Yeah. So. What do you say we uh, we get into some history, huh? Oh, sounds good to me. I'm uh, closer we can get to sipping this whiskey, the happier I am. So let's get into some history here, Cole. Yeah, let's do it. But before we do, let's take a quick oh. break. <laughs> All right, we're back. Uh, with chill filtered we are going into some history and we're talking about george t stagg today so i'm just going to go through what i wrote down and and what i collected in my research Uh, i'm not going to talk about buffalo trace distillery today even though it's made uh, by buffalo trace distillery Uh, i've gone into many episodes talking about buffalo trace and i don't like to repeat too much i like to get new kind of content for the research so i thought i'd go into a little bit of history at first of the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. Now, the bottle we're drinking today, George T. Stagg, is a cast-strength bourbon that is part of a very prestigious five-bottle collection. Uh, other bottles in the collection are William LaRue Weller, which is a cast-strength weeded bourbon, which is around 12 years old. Uh, there's Eagle Rare 17, which used to be 90 proof, but now it's 101 proof, and it's a high-rye bourbon. Actually, the same mash bill, technically, as George C. Stagg. Um, and then there's Sazerac 18, which is a 90-proof 18-year rye, which is, like, insane to me. Uh, you don't get that a lot. And then there's Thomas H. Handy Sazerac, which is a six-and-a-half-year cast-strength rye. Um, there used to be, actually, different bottles in the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. In, it all started in 2000 and 2001 release. It was kind of like a split release. 
uh, there were only three bottles, and there was Eagle Rare 17, there was Sazerac 18, and there was a Weller 19, huh. uh, which sounds insanely crazy, like a cast strength Weller 19. Mm. Anyway, um, in 2002, they actually introduced George T. Stagg to the addition, uh, as an addition to the three original. Uh, in 2003, they removed Weller 19, <clears throat> and um, and then the three of uh, three of Eagle Rare 17, Sazerac 18, and Stag continued in 2004, uh, but in 2005 there were actually three separate releases of Stag. Uh, one was a fall release, one was a spring release, and then one was like I believe a spring release that was only Kentucky. Uh, but the rest, there were the other three. Uh, there was the, um, or there was, yeah, the other three were Eagle Rare 17, the Sazerac 18, and then um, they actually brought in William LaRue Weller that year. Uh, instead of the Weller 19, they brought in William LaRue, which was, like I said, a, typically around a 12-year um, cast-strength weeded bourbon. And then in 2006, there um, began the official five bottles that we still see today. Uh, when they added Thomas H. Handy Sazerac. Um, George T. Stagg bottle history. So like what, what's gone into this bottle in the past. Um, it's been rocking steady, like I said, since 2002 as a cast strength high rye bourbon. Um, do you know what hazmat means, uh, Robbie, in terms of uh, whiskey? No. So hazmat, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Um, you ever see uh, Arrested Development? Yes, it's been a while. So there's this scene where Tobias is asked to do this um, inner, or what do you call it? Like an audition for a commercial, and uh, and he does like terribly. Like he like he like totally misinterprets what they're selling and does mm-hmm. a terrible job. And then they're like, "Would you like to try that again?" And he looks at them and thinks about it. and He's like, "No." <laughs> So I don't know why that came to my mind, but everyone knows now where my mind goes. Um, Hazmat is when the proof on a bourbon is above 140. Uh, It's above 70%. And I think there's like even classification things that basically if you break that, you got to call yourself something differently or you got to like call it hazmat or something like that. Um, But that's happened multiple, like many years for George T. Stagg. Um, 2003, Fall of 2005, every year from 2006 to 2012, and oh, wow. 2016. Uh, the highest proof was in 2007 with a 144.8 proof batch. Jeez. Yeah. Um, usually, <laughs> what's that? I was just, that's impressive. That's insane. Yeah, it's hot. And uh, yeah. usually around 15 to 16 years aged, uh, known to have like crazy evaporation loss. Uh, which makes sense when you have a you know yeah bourbon chilling on a barrel for that long yeah um but i remember in 2016 the release then which is actually honestly the best bourbon i've or best whiskey i have ever had in my life was the 2016 release of this um there was a evaporation loss of 75.99 percent man so they had 24 percent of the original whiskey in the barrels um, bottles used to run for about $80 retail for years. Um, it is uncut and unfiltered. And as I say that, I actually look at the bottom of the bottle that I, that I have in front of me and there is 
uh, barrel particulates on the bottom. You can see like a, a black uh, dust on the bottom of the bottle. It's pretty cool. Um, awards that George T. Stagg has achieved. I just wanted to go with Jim Murray here. I'm not going San Francisco Spirits competition or anything like that. Jim Murray in 2018 gave this the best no-age statement whiskey. Um, In 2010, it got the bourbon of the year. And in 2005 and 2004, it got the world whiskey of the year. Uh, It's got a lot of of awards in that way. and the award of my favorite bourbon uh, in terms of, or the best bourbon I've ever had is something special too. Um, <laughs> this release, the 2018 release is what we're drinking today. And hopefully we can, in, this, in the near future, once I get those bottles uh, that I got of uh, George C. Stagg 2019, we will be able to uh, try that one soon too. Um, this one though, the 18 is 15 years and four months old. This one is uh, not a hazmat, but it is 124.9 proof, uh, distilled in the spring of 2003, uh, which was one year after the release of the first George D. Stagg. Um, Nashville is corn, then rye, then barley. Uh, Evaporation loss on this one was just over half. It was 51.15%. And there were only 284 total barrels that went into this uh, release. Uh, I got this bottle in 2018, and I, like I said, I haven't even sipped it yet. Uh, I saved it for the podcast, so I am stoked to try it. Um, MSRP nowadays is $100 a bottle, uh, which started last year the up from the $80 a bottle. Um, so stoked. Can't wait. It's a very dark bottle. Love it. And let's drink. What do you say? Um, Can you do me a favor real quick? Yeah. Could you pop that cork for me? Let's do it. Right. <laughs> Quiet on the set. Oh, did you hear that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's wait, hope wait, it's not we... lackluster like that. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I don't think so. I'm going to pour it here, though. Oh, man. Me too. Ooh. I'm going to pour a little extra because, you know, I feel like I earned you this. You need to. You yeah. you have earned that. Oh, man. It is. It's. So, initially, it's not super hot on the nose. I'll tell you mm-hmm. that much for me. It's a super. Man, I'm getting. like I feel bad. Like, it's. I get a lot of corn. And I'm mm-hmm. getting a lot of rye, which is like <laughs> yeah, two first things. <laughs> yeah, but it's got it's. I mean, it's got. I mean, I, maybe more rye. I get kind of that rye spice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, almost a little leaning more towards like a cinnamon almost. Um, but I mean, right away, it's, it's corn and rye for me on the nose. So I poured it out of the bottle. And there was a drip coming down the neck of the bottle, and I just kind of sweeped it up with my hand because I don't like to get bourbon on the label. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could just smell my hand for the rest of the night. (laughs) It's, oh, it just, it's almost chocolatey. Um, It's almost like, okay, here's a weird note. Have you ever gone to like Costco or something like that and bought or like had the they're not exactly um uh, pomegranate seeds but they're pomegranate 
they're chocolate covered pomegranate like not gummies but like something you know what i'm talking about <laughs> no i'm getting like <laughs> i'm getting notes of like fruity chocolatiness is really okay, what it is i can see i get i definitely get a sweetness there's a sweetness mm-hmm. there for me um okay. is it not necessarily chocolatey but i could see where you would get that for sure mm-hmm. and i haven't even sipped the glass yet that's just my hand oh <laughs> cool now i have to ask where was your hand before the podcast Oh, I was eating a lot of those. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, my hand was in Costco. Yeah. <laughs> I met the sweetest sample lady. <laughs> All right, so sniff your glass, Cole. What are you getting out of the glass? Oh, my goodness. It's so sweet, rich. Um, yeah, it's really not sure. that hot on the nose. Like, you can really shove your nose in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, chocolate, definitely. Um It's fruity though. And and here's think- the thing. Okay. I have noticed that I can call from smell and taste um Buffalo Trace Mashville number 1, which is this bottle is Mashville number 1. Um I can just call it right away these days because there is a strong appleness to it. Like just really good apples, like baking apples. Um Always like Eagle Rare, okay. Buffalo Trace, Stag Junior. They're always amazing in that way. Yeah, okay. and I'm getting that, but a little more like berry fruity with the apples. It's like a apple berry pie or something like that. I'm okay. loving it. What about you? I oh I'm I'm still mostly just like a rice spice and a cinnamon. Maybe a little bit on the apples, like and just a s- overall sweetness. When you said rich, I'm getting it's a very rich. It's a full, full smell to it. You know, like it just it's there, sitting heavy. I guess so. Yeah, and I do going- get that rye spice for sure. The color super dark. Um, and in some years, if you really look at the um, George C. Stag of like some years, it is like black. It's pretty cool. Uh, this one's on the darker side, but not the darkest I've ever seen. What do you think? So I went for my first sip. Mm-hmm. And my palate, like I've said before, isn't the strongest. Like it takes me a little bit for people to be like, I kind of tell me what they're getting. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. But I will say I'm a huge mouthfeel guy. And it is so good. Like it's just that. You know, I think what I can't remember what we drink last week. We were having the uh, the Yellowstone, Yellowstone. Last week, right? Mm-hmm. And that would just like it just shot across my mouth. This it just it's like a slow burn kind yeah. of thing where it's just like it's like putting a new a new log on old coals kind of thing where it just takes a little while for it to kick in and then all of a sudden yeah. it's there. Yeah. But mouthfeel wise, oh so good. Just spreads across the mouth, just nice and slow. Um not a lot of heat on it. Um but it's there kind of throughout, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's like a slow burn like you were saying. Yeah. Um I uh it's been a while since I've had this kind of whiskey. I love it. It's yeah. um it is sugary, uh, which is different than your average sweet like I mentioned on a previous episode. Um my eyes were like watering by the end of it though. 
um, <laughs> the first set. And it's just really full bodied. It is. I will say that heat just lingers there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just, to the point where my eyes were watering. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to go for another but, sip. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's definitely a special whiskey. It's good. Um, yeah, I think I'm maybe I, I, there's definitely a lot of that rye spice there. I'm getting rye spice for sure. Um, cinnamon notably as mm. another kind of a spice there, but yeah, cinnamon's big. It's, yeah. Are you pulling out any notes in particular? Yeah. That apples is showing up on the palate for sure, but it's, it's masked. You know, I mean, it's like not masked, but it's, uh, pushed aside by the cinnamon. Um, and the finish is insane. Um, yeah, it just keeps going. And uh, mm-hmm. I almost don't want to keep sipping because I want the finish to last as long you as possible. See, you see how long it goes there until it dies yeah. off. Yeah. I'm really intrigued to what water and ice will do to this. You know, and I, I have really been like enjoying adding water and adding ice. Yeah. I don't know if I want to with this one, though. This is just... For sure. But uh, I, I am excited to see. Like, yeah. Maybe find out. Uh, which is weird because, well, like, when we first started this podcast, I was like, "Why would you adulterate?" Can't I? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and even you know, I'm gonna grab a coke here in a second, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm still effect. like, I'm still like, uh, so hurt and yet intrigued by what Adam did with the Eagle Rare 17. Oh, I wasn't like, I wouldn't say I hurt, but I was up. like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Well, the fact that he was like, uh, so it's not even a new Coke. It was one that was just sitting yeah. in the fridge, and it's kind of flat. I'm like, oh. it was <laughs> it was the best Coke I ever had. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh man! Oh right. man! I'm, I'm just gonna, smelling I'm gonna it drop still. Some, I'm gonna put a little water in the sucker. Mm-hmm. It's okay, um, me, oh, one right. other thing. <laughs> there we go. Um, one other thing is that um, you have to um, kind of wait it out uh, so that you don't cough. Like when I first took a sip, yeah. I was like, I'm not ready to breathe yet um, because I'm just going to like cough it up. Um, so it's almost like you really got to process it and digest it in a way. Yeah, uh, I'm going to add some water myself. So... I gotta say, so far I'm not a huge fan of the water. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a faint, my least favorite note on the nose, which is a little bit of latex, is what I'm getting. So oh, really, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's not my favorite. Um, it's definitely muted everything quite a bit. I just did two drops in mine. Um, That's weird. Nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, getting a lot here. I'm getting like um, candy. Almost like a fruity candy. I want to say like sweet tarts or something like that. That kind of that kind of note. Yeah, sweet tarts. It's a good one. I could see that. There's a little bit of like a tangy sourness to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just on the nose so far, but we'll see with the palate here. Yeah, I'm getting yeah a faint latex. So it's not full on, which is not my favorite for sure. But it's 
a little there, but I'm definitely getting a, when you you know you kind of mentioned the sour candy. I'm getting a little bit of that tangy kind of sour to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely still a sweet smell. Yeah. Um, with water, it is on the palate. It's still great. Um, but I prefer it neat so far. Um, that fruitiness is showing up on the finish. Um, it's, it's not a matter of which one is different tasting so much. It's more the neat to water comparison is more, I just like a little more potent if I can get it that way. Um, in this case, sometimes not the case, but, um, in this case, I love how potent it is with the neat pour. I will say though, it's still like just as strong. No, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you were talking there. I was like, I'm glad you're still talking because it took me a second to kind of get, uh, (laughs) get the, that quick, like this, I I think with the water, it felt like a little bit of a quicker kind of a heat to it that came out a little more quickly that or I breathed wrong. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, it's still definitely got some kick to it, a little bit of punch. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. Hmm. I'm gonna get so good, <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while. This is I'm, I'm gonna tell everyone right now. I'm not sure of the rating yet, but this is definitely gonna break nine. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna drop a cube here. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like, I can't put my finger on it right now, but I like the nose. I think the nose with the cube is different and in a a good way. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I wouldn't, I almost wouldn't expect it to be. I didn't either, but. Yeah. It's for me. Did you drop your cube yet? Ooh, yeah. Cool nose. Um, Yeah. Okay, good. I'm not, I'm not a fool here. Berries and that tartness, mm-hmm. um, but in a really yeah. sweet way. Definitely like a mixed berry kind of a exactly. Thing yep. Mm-hmm. I want to say like you know you get the bag at the grocery store of frozen mixed berries and that's kind of yeah. what it smells like. Hmm. Yeah, I that's probably a neat. This and neat for the nose for me at least mm-hmm. are pretty close because that that just that was surprising. Yeah. It smells delicious. I'm gonna go for that sip once you're done. Um, yeah, um, just have my first sip of it. A um, little bit of bitterness there, but not mm-hmm. bad at all. It's a uh, good. Uh, the heat definitely dropped off with the ice for sure. Um, uh, it's still the nose is good. I would say with ice, it's not near as good as the neat. Neat was definitely my favorite so far. A so, little bit of bitterness. Mm-hmm. Killed the heat a little bit, kind of that warmness. It killed it for me, but I don't know. What are you getting? This ice pour kind of blew my mind. Okay. I don't know if it would be better than the... It was a hubba to what moment. Oh. Um, yeah. I With the ice, I took a sip, and it tasted like simple syrup. It was that sweet. Like crazy sweet, uh, okay. and I don't know why. Like it, it literally was like I'm just as I, it's in my mouth. I'm just like, this is sugar. Like it is sugar water. I can see and that. Then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Go ahead. Sorry. Mm, I'm going for another sip. 
it's a uh, and not surprising because with on the nose for sure it was the sweetness came out mm-hmm. amazingly with the ice on it. Um, so I'm not surprised you're getting it on the palate. I don't. I got a little bit of bitterness there, but I think mouthfeel wise, I could, it's you know, it's a nice syrupy kind of. Th- this yes. does have a. I mean, to start with, it had some weight to it. It had that richness we were mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah, I think the ice is definitely thinning out to that. Like I see simple syrupy kind of a point for you. So yeah, if this it's, weren't, it's, yeah, go ahead. if it weren't a bitter finish, this would be my second favorite. Uh, pour like like this is this would beat out uh, water pour any day, uh, but it does have a little bit of a bitter finish. But the yeah. first part of the palate is like, holy cow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh, I, I, I think the problem with this ice pour mm-hmm. is you're comparing it to an amaze, like a phenomenal neat pour. Mm-hmm. You know, if which it'd be interesting to see if you just start out with this ice pour by itself. Yeah, with nothing else to really compare it to. Be like, oh my gosh, that's really good. Um, I think the neat pour taste wise was by far my favorite yeah um everything else is great though everything else is really good yeah and yeah like you mentioned there is something to be said about the mouthfeel of the ice pour it's very viscous it's very you know rich and sugary and you know like a syrup for sure yeah good stuff mm. <laughs> There's a happy man right there. Seriously. And yeah, I didn't think really I would be happy with that ice pour. But that was good. Well, you were excited. See, now we kind of reversed here because I always get kind of excited for the ice pour. Mm-hmm. Or do the progression. I was skeptical. And you were super excited. And I think it held a little bit true in, the, in that sense. But Yeah. Uh, but definitely, I think the ice really... I, if, brought out just that sweetness in general the nose on it all of a sudden like it's like a completely different whiskey almost but yeah yeah i'm i'm in awe of this whiskey like i'm i'm just shaking my head just thinking wow (laughs) um yeah so good so good you have any uh any idea on your ratings here yeah I would, so I think my best of all time, and I think it was like a 9.7 or something like that was, um, or best of the ep- or show or like the podcast, um, was a 9.7 or something, which was, um, bland straight from the barrel. I hate to say it. Not, I don't hate to say it. This doesn't <laughs> beat bland straight from the barrel. Oh, uh, and okay. I don't think it beats uh, Eagle Rare 17 2015, which I believe was a 9.5 or a 9.6, but this is very close. Um, I would give this a 9.4 flat. Okay. Nice. Um, I am, I'm pretty close. I'm going to go 9.2 on it. Nice. Um, definitely exceptional. I mean... Every way we tried it, there was something that was like, that is, it's special. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, it's definitely special. Um, lives up to the hype, you know? I think. For um, sure. We had the uh, foolproof, 1972 foolproof on, mm-hmm. and there was hype behind it. I think I got myself, like, I, I thought too highly of it. I was like, okay, it's going to be blow my mind, get great. Um, and it just didn't live up to it. 
This one had the same expectation. It's going to be blow my mind kind of a thing, and it lived up to it for sure. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the last um, Buffalo Trace Antique Collection bottle on the podcast was Thomas H. Handy, I think, uh, 2018, I believe. And that, honestly, was a little bit of a letdown, Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, you know, wise. Um, but this has lived up to the reputation for sure. Ooh. I just finished my last little little bit there on the ice. Uh-huh. And I'm not getting the bitterness now. That was yeah, I, I got the simple syrup on it. Like that was yeah. just like a, a light like a lower ratio sugar to water kind of simple. Yeah. It's just very silky mm-hmm. and sweet. And yeah, that was good. Highly recommended. Ten uh, out of ten would recommend. <laughs> um, I, I kinda wonder It'd be nice. I mean, you've got the bottle. You can try it if you want, but uh, start with a larger pour and add a you know a cube to it to kind of let it sit for a little bit too. That might be a might be a good way to go at it. But it's, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So good. So you excited for the bottle you're holding on to until one of your daughter's weddings now? Oh, if I wasn't as if I wasn't excited before, but yes, no, hundred. I'm so excited for that, dude. It, yeah. You know what? I've I've decided that i am going to keep both my stag bottles and i'm going to open one and the uh, the 2019 because i got two um Mm -hmm. and then i'm also going to hold on to my 2019 stag uh for a huge event in life okay a huge event like robbie comes to phoenix yeah no (laughs) um well no i mean well i'll open that one i'll open one of them for you one of them and both of them. I'm talking both, Cole. So I just realized that I, I forgot until now that I have a, um, what do you call it, a uh, tradition that when I pass an actuarial exam, I open a really crazy bottle of whiskey. The first oh, yeah. actuarial exam I passed was Pappy Van Winkle 15. The second okay. I passed was um, uh, E.H. Taylor Cured Oak. And mm-hmm. I think the third, if I pass this in March, which I should... Um, should be um, actually with you. Let's do that. Uh, maybe I'll bring it up to Boise and I'll um, share it with you because I take my exam and then I meet you the next day. So well, here's, here's the should other thing. I pass? I also have uh, that uh, Midwinter Night's Dram too. Mm-hmm. We can open that too. So We'll do a double. We'll do a double. We'll mix the two. <laughs> <laughs> Midwinter Night's Stag. Yeah. There you go. That's gonna All be a right. good time. So All right. Good deal. I got I got nothing else, Cole. That was it. Thank you for sharing that pour. That was amazing. I am you know, it's funny. I, you know, I always worry when I get a bottle like this, thinking, what if it's not as good as the ones that I've had? And this this isn't as good as the 2016, not even close. But it's good. It's real good. Mm-hmm. So I I'm stoked to have it. I'm stoked to keep it on my shelf and I'm stoked to drink it for the next few years, basically. Yeah. Um, it's always fun to have a whiskey like that too, where you're like, yeah, when someone who comes over who appreciates whiskey, you know, you're like, Hey, here's something special. So that's seriously. So, um, yeah, no Uh, listeners. Uh, if you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. Um, even though market value is like five hundred, six hundred dollars, probably now for this specific year. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's move it on over to uh, our favorite segment of the show, 
Whiskey World News. This week's article comes to us from GearPatrol.com, uh, written by, I don't see the author. The photo was taken by Henry Phillips. That counts. Oh, but written by Sean Evans. There it is. Nice. Um, so it was written by Sean Evans, and it's titled, Hot Take, France is the Whiskey World's Next Big Obsession. The 15th dram in my flight of French whiskey is um, Armoric Double Maturation Single Malt. No. Armagnac? No. A-R-M. So it's Arm, O-R-I-K. No. Armoric? No, it's not Armagnac, yeah. Okay. And I'm, so either way, it's his 15th dram in the flight. So, hey, it's a wow. good night right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he continues, I'm slightly relieved it's the last. It looks delicious, especially golden, thanks to the copper hue inside New York City's Brandy Library. And tastes even better. Owner... Flavian Desoblin hints that he's got a few more bottles stashed away, but my palate is tapped out. We don't sell many French flights, he limits, gesturing to a near full 10 year limited edition, Brenet 10 year limited edition bottle that he's had for a few years. It's a shame because this is a very exciting time. Soon, French whiskey could be as big as Japanese whiskey. It'd be easy to mistake Desoblin's giddiness for the burgeoning. French whiskey category is national pride, but when you consider that France is the number one consumer of whiskey per capita of, wow. all country, of all countries, and that there are currently 60 active distilleries in France while another 40 have applied for licenses in the past year alone, you can see where Desoblin com- is coming from. We're about to get hit with a crush of French juice right as Japanese dis- distillers are forced to discontinue age statements and even some blends because we drank it all. Between cognac, armagnac, and brandy, French distillation has kept has deep generational roots, but the demand for whiskey is far higher. French law limits cognac production to specific months, so the distillers started making whiskey in the off-season. Desbolin shares, when cognac was doing great, farmers got government subsidies to uproot grapevines to plant barley in other grain fields. Now everybody's realizing the terror in many regions where smaller distillers are cropping up is really suited for the grains. Now a hotbed of distilleries, Brittany is considered the origin of French whiskey. Home to makers like Armoric, a distillery that's been churning out under-the-radar pot-stilled single malt juice that rivals any scotch in a blind tasting for decades, Desbolin notes that the terroir not only factors in the glass, a whiskey from Charente, a cognac region, or Gaze, an Armagnac region. Our French listeners are like, dude, Robbie, you're an idiot. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a different flavor profile than Alsace, a Riesling region offering. But it's used as a vital marketing tool to differentiate brands since the French whiskey is still too nascent to have distinct style unto itself. Common traits do emerge, though. Evident after my too expansive flight, generally, French whiskey isn't big and bold like American offerings. It's elegant and silky soft and round palatable and balanced if this all sounds like japanese whiskey you're on the right track the french palate likes substance and complexity desbolin says he points to albert gerard heritage a triple malt age blend and extremely rare ex cognac cast that is so absurdly divine i attempt to lick any remnants from the empty dram this is the turning point of french whiskey he beams 
It's incredible. When we look back in 15 years, we'll say, Philippe Girard changed the whole game. So I'll stop there. But to me, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts there, Cole? I guess we'll go there first. So I've had a few French whiskeys before. Uh, okay. One was Bastille and one was Brené. And um, my problem with both of them, um, I enjoyed Brené originally. Um, and they're both, they both age typically, I mean, th- these two both age their whiskey in limousine casks, uh, which is what they use either to, uh, it's basically what they use to age cognac. Um, okay. And and what I get from the the limousine cast, which is like a type of oak, um, is a very sweetness, like a strong sweetness, and almost a grapiness that you would you know get from like a cognac or armagnac. Um, okay. But it's weird because I enjoyed Brené until someone told me one time that tastes like cough syrup. Oh. Like grape cough syrup, and I'm like, oh. You kind of just ruined it for me. And not that that's uh, like, and that's partly me being swayed by what someone else said. Um, mm-hmm. But what I found about French whiskey is it's good, but it has like this, this sweetness that's almost like cough syrup. Uh, and Bastille also met that, you know, kind of connection there. Um, I would be interested if they used another oak. Um, or maybe I just need to give it a shot. The last time I had a French whiskey was probably three years ago. Uh, so I probably just need to give it another shot. Um, but I think it's pretty cool how much they're taken off in, you know, France itself to, to see, um, you know, things are, things are real. And, and I hope, I really hope they make it their own, uh, which mm-hmm. it sounds like they might because you don't often get limousine casks uh, on any other type of whiskey. So maybe if they made that their own and really refined it, um, that would be the French whiskey style, which is kind of cool to me. I love that kind of stuff, like making it your own and, and, and making it a national product and standardizing it in, in some ways, but not all the ways, but in some ways. But I, I think that's pretty cool what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that's... Uh, so I, before I got into whiskey, I was definitely into spirits in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll listen, listen slash read any book kind of on cocktails or just distillation and stuff and like that in general or Mm -hmm. and uh but you know cognac is like french france in general has a super like deep tradition in distillation yeah it's super interesting stuff um especially you know in the presence of global conflict so it's very interesting to me but when they mentioned you know like there's a very limited season where they're able to distill that sort of uh, cognac things like that like, well, you already got these master distillers that come from, you know, decades and generations of, um, within that. I'm yeah. Like, oh, it's got to be good. So, you know, we start on the right track. And then when it's like per capita, they drink more whiskey than anyone else in the world. I'm like, okay, well, something good has to be going on around there. So I, I don't know. I think it's interesting. It's always fun. Um, it's funny to me too, cause you know, you bring up Japanese whiskey and, um, you know, my favorite was Yamazaki 17 and people mm-hmm. are like, what's 18, your favorite whiskey yeah. ever? 18 mm-hmm. gosh i always yeah. say 17 um <laughs> and you always correct me yeah <laughs> um, but anyway that's my favorite you know i've ever had and people are like really from japan i'm like well yeah you know so yeah it's just you know you just think of like 
is cowboy juice, I guess, and it's the Wild West and whiskey and but mm-hmm. you know, so it, I don't know. I'm excited. I don't think I've ever had that. I can think of any French whiskeys, and you know, I'm excited to see see more of it come out of there. So that'd be fun. It's good. Yeah, time. seriously. Yeah, yeah, I'd be super interested to see a lot more products come out of France. So can I say something though, Cole? Yeah. I'm really disappointed that I didn't speak in an outrageous French accent. French. I fart in your general direction. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Oh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Mar and, I were, Mar and I were listening to last week's podcast, and she said uh, she liked your impression of Coach, what's his name? Coach Hines, yeah. Coach Hines. And then she again told me I sound like, and she, she <laughs> says, Hermit. <laughs> like it's not Hermit the Frog Hunt, it's Kermit. Oh, so apparently funny. I sound a lot like Kermit still, but anyway. That's great. Yeah. Well, Cole, what do you say we uh, transition here to our third favorite segment? Which whiskey would you choose? Love it. Okay, let's do that. All right, so this week's whis- which whiskey would you choose? Um, I don't know. If, well, I guess we should talk about last week first. So, yeah, uh, I think I sweeped. <laughs> Sweeped? Is it sweeped or is it swept? I, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've been uh, sweep the floor with you, or I guess swept the floor with you. That was yeah. Anyway, yeah, you, uh, yeah, you, uh, you. Uh, I think it was like seventy to thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's taking the Glendronic eighteen. Uh, eighteen. Yeah. Okay, you're about to say 17. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Glendronic 18 was the the choice there um, for sure. Um, so I, I can't blame. I went, you know, you went with one of your favorites. I went with one that I'm I'd, I'd like to try. You know. Yeah. And uh, I don't, you know, we could Balvini's we could Pete. Not, I don't. know. No one was like, I've had this. It's great. So I I gotta assume not a lot of people have had it. So but it's not good, surprised. Though. I'm sure it is. They do a great job with everything, but uh, yeah, not surprised you won there. So Cole won this week for sure. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, so this week's scenario, I don't know if you're gonna get this or not, Cole, because okay. you're not quite you're not quite at this station in life yet. Not quite hip yet. Not quite hip yet. So I'm gonna, well past hip. You're still hip. Ooh, That's the problem. Sub or post hip? But you're not quite post hip yet. So let me okay. ask you this, Cole. When I say the term garage whiskey, what does that make you think? Like a garage band? Okay. That's it? Pretty much. Okay. Well, let me explain to you. A garage whiskey, cool. Uh-huh. Now, my wife has yet to listen to an episode I'm on, so I have no problem saying this. But a garage whiskey is a whiskey that you keep in the garage for when you're working on a project or you just step out real quick and you need a quick nip. And you don't necessarily want the kids to be around or uh-huh. the wife to be around. It's just where you go, you're like, I just got to get a quick nip or here real quick. You take a drink and uh, that's your garage whiskey. Um, so this, this which whiskey would you choose comes from my good friend Aaron Bostrom, who um, had, had, we had me over for the Super Bowl. Great guy. Mm-hmm. But he was, you know, we were going through some of his whiskeys. We went out to the garage. He does some, uh, he makes beer and stuff. And he's like, oh, here's my garage whiskey. And he, he had uh Wild Turkey 101 out there. Nice. So Garage Whiskey also is not your top shelf kind of a whiskey. It's a little bit on the bottom end. It's something that you can just buy whenever, and it's not, you know, not really going to make a big wave financially. So my question for you, which whiskey would you choose? Mm. You got to have a Garage Whiskey, Cole. Yeah. What is going to be your go-to Garage Whiskey? 
Huh. Um. I'm gonna go. Okay, I think I figured it out. Um, Sazerac six or like Baby Saz. Baby Saz. Okay. Yeah, you can't go wrong. You might even like invite a friend in and be like, "Here's what I drink in the garage." Um, somewhat hard. I mean, somewhat easy to find compared to some things, but sometimes hard to find. It's one of those bottles. If you see it, you might as well buy it. Uh, so it's like somewhat hard to find, but also like certain, like in Wisconsin, it was super easy to find for some reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say it's probably because everyone was buying up the uh, Corbell brandy. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I would say Baby Saz would be okay. a really good bottle for that. Okay. Yeah, see, I don't know if you necessarily understand the term garage whiskey in that sense. What do I miss? To me, well, to me, to garage whiskey is something that you can just pick up. So Yeah, but if so, it were Wisconsin, yeah. it would be my garage whiskey. Okay, so, all right. I guess you get some lenience there. Yeah. Um, for me, my garage whiskey is and continues to be just regular Buffalo Trace. Mm. Um, mm. It's easy. Mm-hmm. You can grab it. It doesn't break the bank. Um, you know, you can sip it. If you're in the garage, you got a Coke, you can throw it in Coke. You don't feel bad about it. Um, to me, that's my garage whiskey. And I'm curious here too, cause mm-hmm. so I've had my garage whiskey and then my buddy Aaron was like, Hey, this is my garage whiskey. I didn't even realize it was a thing. I don't uh-huh. know. I'm almost curious. Like, is this a thing for other dads, husbands? Like, yeah. do you, what is your garage whiskey? What do you keep out in the garage where it's just like, you have it on hand. It's not a big deal. It's kind of your go-to quick nip kind of a thing. So I'm curious to find out if that is even a thing to anybody else. But for me, yeah. it certainly is. So We'll put the question yeah. out there and people will answer it on our uh, on the next week of Instagram posts. Yeah, for sure. So anyway. All right. So like Garage Whiskey, Cole's cho- choosing Baby Saz. I got regular Buffalo Trace. And uh, I'm prepared to lose to Cole again. No, I think you might win this one. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, your confidence makes me feel better. So oh, good. So, uh, <laughs> so next week on the uh, on the podcast, we will likely have something special, um, and I'll give a little hint of that. I'll be in Wisconsin this week, uh, so check it out next week. Uh, hopefully, we'll get something rocking. Um, and then in the next episode uh, that we drink, I'll just leave it at that. Um, we will be drinking uh, Jefferson's, uh, what is it, Grand Reserve? or um, Grand Selection. Grand Selection, Pichon Baron. Is that French? That's totally French. <laughs> Jefferson's is not, but Pichon Baron. Yeah. Actually, you know, we're like someone's going to like write to us and be like, it's Pichon Baron, man. Yeah, it's totally going to be that. It's totally going <laughs> to be like French. some American name or something like that. <laughs> it's Pichon, not that's funny yeah so yeah people are yeah yeah and then so one thing i i figured out about french which it took me two trips to france to figure this out is that sometimes (laughs) you don't pronounce the consonant um after the uh vowel so if it were it'd be like pichon baron so isn't that what we said no no that's exactly what you said Okay, because yeah, you, you must know this trick too. I don't know. I watched a lot of Monty Python as a kid. Nice. So. <laughs> hey, that's what it takes. 
So anything else, Robbie, before we uh, close things up? Nah, man, I'm good. It was a good, thank you for the whiskey, man. Yeah. It was a good time drinking with you for sure. So Yeah. And uh, the, the Pichon Baron is from a good friend of ours, Ben Klepzig. Uh, ben, we're so grateful. Thanks for sending this our way. Thanks again, uh, James uh, from Brooklyn uh, for sending us the, uh, I believe, the Kings County whiskey. And then thanks again to Caleb Olson, who sent us quite the selection. Uh, we're always grateful for your your guys' shipments and uh, you know sending us things through the courier. Uh, listeners out there, if you are interested in letting us enjoy one of your whiskeys to be able to review it on the podcast, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, uh, or uh, chillfilteredpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, just hit us up and we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can take care of you as well. Uh, so uh, I hope you had a good time. I hope you guys are looking forward to next week's episode as well. Thanks for listening. But most of all, I hope that our love of spirits lifted yours. Boom, ba-ding-ding, bing, ding, boom.